Welcome to the Paddle Pilgrim Podcast, the podcast that explores life, relationships, and the human spirit. I'm Dave Ellingson, author, educator, and seeker of wisdom. In this series of Say What? A Fresh Look at Old Sayings, we will explore what my mother and generations of adults have said to their kids with ants in their pants. Go outside and play. Go outside and play. We began with go. Let's review a bit. Think of all the famous people who said go. From Moses to Sacagawea. But most important, who said go to you? And that has made a huge difference in your life. And why go? Because I believe that life is a journey that we go on. A journey, an adventure, even a pilgrimage of discovery and learning. My recent adventures in my kayak reinforce that conviction. And and now in my third act, retirement, I have time to write and podcasts, produce videos, and best of all, enjoy my grandkids. On our journey of learning, we each have different learning styles, verbal, linguistic, visual, spatial, interpersonal, naturalistic, logical, mathematical, intrapersonal, musical, rhythmic, and kinesthetic or body learning. We probably have a top style and usually a cluster of ways we learn as we go on the adventure. I suggested that learning is deepened when we act and then reflect. And even more when we prepare, act, reflect, and celebrate. That's called service learning. And it's transformative for each of us individually and for the world. As we go on the adventure of learning and discovery, we never stop learning. Lifelong learning proclaims the good news that you can teach an old dog new tricks. But first, you must go. Bon voyage. So where do we go? Let's listen to my mother and go outside. Going outside can mean many things. Let's start with some wisdom from our Native American friends. And the words of Black Elk, who said, the holy land is everywhere. What an amazing reminder to view life itself and people and particularly the outdoors as holy, as sacred, as an amazing place to learn. Thomas Merton, the Trappist monk and spiritual writer deepens that understanding when he wrote, the gate of heaven is everywhere. We often speak of heaven as a place after we die, but Merton says, no, 
open your eyes and experience the holy, the sacred, the divine all around you. When I paddled the Erie Canal with its many locks, I got a taste of this as the water went down in the lock and finally the huge gates would open and I was always surprised and delighted by a whole new landscape, a new world that I was about to paddle into. We tend to think of this about big and dramatic sights and sounds, but often it's the little things, which I call hints of the holy or glimpses of glory that surprise and delight. When I paddled the fjords of Norway, my favorite was the Neroy Fjord or the Nero Fjord, where the mountains and cliffs rose from the water level at dramatic pitches with snow-capped peaks high above. If there is an earthly paradise, <laughs> this was it for me. And I can go in my mind to those waters and feel deep calm and peace. Do you have a happy place like that where you can go outside and have your spirits restored? Even if we can't always go there in person, we can use our imagination to go outside. That can become a form of meditation or prayer that provides healing and renewal. Another way of thinking about going outside on our learning adventure is go outside of our comfort zone to expand our horizons. Travel writer and TV host and friend Rick Steves suggests that travel helps us overcome our narrow ethnocentricity as we experience different countries and cultures and traditions. He says, travel provides a larger palette of colors from which we can paint the story of our lives. Let's continue to probe how important going outside can be. In the classes I taught on environmental ethics, I describe it as the great classroom. Or for scientists, it's the great laboratory. Long before there were books written down, outside was the first book. And native peoples learned from observing the lessons in these great classrooms. And they passed that knowledge on via stories from generation to generation. A very simple and rather homely lesson from the natural world was passed on to me by my dad, who was an avid gardener. We planted our veggies that loved the heat, uh, tomatoes and peppers, on the south side of the house. And he pointed to the sky and said that in the spring and fall, the sun isn't directly overhead like in the summer. It moves lower in the southern sky and extends the growing season by several weeks for plants that need more time to bear fruit. In my dad's outdoor classroom, I learned a lesson about gardening, astronomy, and enjoyed the healthy fruits of our labors. One of my majors in college was classical languages, Greek and Latin. 
I love to learn about words and their derivation. The word education is a great example. It comes from ex duco, which literally means to be led out of. Education at its most basic level means to be led out of. But led out of what? <laughs> what we know into what we don't know, from the familiar to the foreign, to new perspectives and knowledge. Sometimes that's enjoyable, but it can also bring growing pains. The Bible story of the Exodus is a wonderful example. The Hebrew people were led out of slavery, and that's what exodus means, into the desert and freedom and ultimately the promised land. But it was a very challenging time of living in tents and off the land. Reminds me a bit of my camping experiences. My friend and fellow theologian Dan Erlander calls this wandering in the desert for 40 years the wilderness school during which time God's people received their constitution, the Ten Commandments. They became a community, and they learned to rely upon God. Talk about an outside school in the classroom of creation. On my kayak adventure on the Erie Canal and Hudson River to the Statue of Liberty, I was startled one day in the early fall by a group of geese, which is called a gaggle. They lifted off the water and loudly honked their way into the air. When I caught my breath, I watched them rise into the sky and form into the most amazing formation as they continued their migratory journey. One of my favorite poets is Mary Oliver. Here's what she writes in her poem, Wild Geese. Meanwhile, the wild geese high in the clean blue sky are heading home again. Whoever you are, no matter how lonely, the world offers itself to your imagination, calls to you like the wild geese, harsh and exciting over and over announcing your place in the family of things. When my son Eric was little, he sometimes had difficulty getting to sleep at night. So I would read him stories. <laughs> One night when I had exhausted the supply of storybooks, he said, tell me a story. So I decided to make one up. I began to tell him about an old bear named Grizz, who lived up in the mountains. Grizz had lots of friends like Sally the Sparrow, Wilbur the Wolf, Pedro the Porcupine. Each night, a new story would emerge as these animals would face problems like drought or avalanche or loneliness. And by working together, they would solve the problem. Recently, Eric became a dad for the first time, 
And he asked if I had written down the Grizz stories. Because I had made the stories up on the spot, I had a new assignment. And I have written a book called Grizz and His Friends. By the way, Grizz is available on Amazon. And in my Paddle Pilgrim podcast, I've invited several children to share their favorite Grizz stories. The point of this book and its stories is to include animals as instructors in the great outdoor classroom. Here's what Job had to say about this. Ask the animals and they will teach you. Or the birds in the sky and they will tell you. Or speak to the earth and it will teach you. A.A. Milne, who wrote Winnie the Pooh, <laughs> says it best. Some people talk to animals. Not many listen, though. That's the problem. The wisdom of the outdoor classroom is experienced around the world. In the Nordic countries, it's called free luftsliv, or fresh air life. My Norwegian relatives are outdoors during all four seasons. And when I paddled the ancestral fjords, I was taught you can experience four seasons in one day and that there is no bad weather, only inappropriate clothing. It's not surprising that when studies are done of the happiest places on earth, Norway, Sweden, and Denmark often top the list. And I believe being outside is one of the main reasons. I can certainly vouch for the restorative power of free Luftsleib during the pandemic. On most afternoons, I would go outside and walk and bike, paddle my kayak. And in my Paddle Pilgrim podcast, I was inspired to create a series called Portaging the Pandemic, using the outdoor image from my kayaking life to remember to pause, to pray, to pair and to plan. Let's end this episode with some wisdom from perhaps the greatest outdoor educator, Jesus. What, who, Jesus? Think about it. Jesus wasn't a temple rabbi who spent his time indoors. He was a wandering rabbi who was outside most of the time. He walked along the roads, traveled in boats, prayed in a garden, wandered through the desert, and taught on a mountain. And because he was outside, he drew his metaphors from and told stories using images from the natural world. Here are a few examples. Unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains just a grain of wheat. But if it dies, it produces much fruit. A lesson about life, resurrection. Or a man had a fig tree growing in his vineyard and he went out to look for fruit on it, but did not find any. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, for three years now, I've been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree and haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? Sir, the man replied, leave it alone 
for one more year and I'll dig around it and fertilize it. And if it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, then cut it down. A lesson in nurture, perhaps patience. Or Jesus said, I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. A lesson about connection, about community. Or this story, consider how the wildflowers grow. They, they don't labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? Obviously a lesson about faith. Or Jesus said to Simon, launch into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said, Master, we've toiled all night, caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down our net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their nets were breaking. A lesson about creativity, maybe persistence. Let's review our lessons from the outdoor classroom. From Black Elk and our native teachers, we learn that the Holy Land is everywhere. From the mystic Thomas Merton, that the gate to heaven is everywhere. From travel writer Rick Steves, travel will add colors to your palette. From poet Mary Oliver, that wild geese call out to us. From Grizz and his friends, that animals can become our teachers. From Nordic peoples, that fresh air life brings happiness. From Jesus, that the natural world teaches about patience, and community and faith and creativity, persistence and new life. From my mom, go outside and play. I hear the bell ringing. There it is again. Let's go outside into the great classroom to learn and grow in this great adventure of life. Until next time, I'm Dave Ellingson, and this has been the Paddle Pilgrim Podcast, the podcast which explores adventures in life, relationships, and the human spirit. Tune in and subscribe to the Paddle Pilgrim Podcast on your mobile device or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. For more information on my books and films, check out my website, paddle-pilgrim.com. And thanks for listening.